You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by the book guide. In a corner of the city, inside a tall narrow house at number 4 Rue Vauberel, on the sixth and highest floor, a sightless sixteen-year-old named Marie-Laure Leblanc kneels over a low table covered entirely with a model. The model is a miniature of the city she kneels within, and contains scale replicas of the hundreds of houses and shops and hotels within its walls. There's the cathedral with its perforated spire, and the bulky old Chateau de Saint-Malo, and row after row of seaside mansions studded with chimneys. A slender wooden jetty arcs out from a beach called the Plage du Mall. A delicate, reticulated atrium vaults over the seafood market. Minute benches, the smallest no larger than apple seeds, dot the tiny public squares. Marie-Laure runs her fingertips along the centimeter-wide parapet crowning the ramparts, drawing an uneven star shape around the entire model. She finds the opening atop the walls where four ceremonial cannons point to sea. Bastion de la Hollande, she whispers, and her fingers walk down a little staircase. Rue des Cordiers, Rue Jacques Cartier. In a corner of the room stand two galvanized buckets filled to the rim with water. Fill them up, her great-uncle has taught her, whenever you can. The bathtub on the third floor, too. Who knows when the water will go out again. Her fingers travel back to the cathedral spire south to the gate of Dinon. All evening she has been marching her fingers around the model, waiting for her great-uncle Etienne who owns this house, who went out the previous night while she slept, and who has not returned. And now it is night again, another revolution of the clock, and the whole block is quiet, and she cannot sleep. She can hear the bombers when they are three miles away, a mounting static, the hum inside a seashell. When she opens the bedroom window, the noise of the airplanes becomes louder. Otherwise, the night is dreadfully silent. No engines, no voices, no clatter. No sirens, no footfalls on the cobbles. Not even gulls. Just a high tide one block away and six stories below, lapping at the base of the city walls. And something else something rattling softly, very close. She eases open the left-hand shutter and runs her fingers up the slats of the right. A sheet of paper has lodged there. She holds it to her nose. It smells of fresh ink. Gasoline, maybe. The paper is crisp. It has not been outside long. Marie-Laure hesitates at the window in her stocking feet, her bedroom behind her, Seashells arranged along the top of the armoire, pebbles along the baseboards. Her cane stands in the corner. Her big braille novel waits face down on the bed. The drone of the airplanes grows. The Boy Five streets to the north, a white-haired 18-year-old German private named Werner Fennig wakes to a faint staccato hum. Little more than a purr. Flies tapping at a far-off windowpane. Where is he? The sweet, slightly chemical scent of gun oil. 
the raw wood of newly constructed shell crates, the mothballed odor of old bedspreads. He's in the hotel. Of course. L'Hotel des Abeilles, the Hotel of Bees. Still night, still early. From the direction of the sea come whistles and booms. Flack is going up. An anti-air corporal hurries down the corridor, heading for the stairwell. Get to the cellar, he calls over his shoulder, and Werner switches on his field light, rolls his blanket into his duffel, and starts down the hall. Not so long ago, the Hotel of Bees was a cheerful address, with bright blue shutters on its facade, and oysters on ice in its café, and Breton waiters in bow ties polishing glasses behind its bar. It offered 21 guest rooms, commanding sea views, and a lobby fireplace as big as a truck. Parisians on weekend holidays would drink aperitifs here, and before them the occasional emissary from the Republic. Ministers and